Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. Honestly, it's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and talk about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference in your life. And that's what we're going to hear from Richard in a way that only he can do with words of hope, insight, and humor. You may be stuck in traffic or stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help get you on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get right into today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is I Can Only Imagine. A song by that title was written, a band is Mercy Me, and the lead singer's father died, and this was his attempt to express what he was feeling and what he was processing. You know, if there's no sin, there's no death. So sin really sucks. The consequences of sin, you know, the wages of sin, literally the Bible says, is death. It's not a good thing. I thank God for Jesus and that there is a remedy for sin. There's a remedy even for death, not that you don't die physically, but there's hope beyond that. I have been around people who die and you go, well, they're to be absent from the body, the Bible says, is to be present with the Lord. And there are all these things that we really can only imagine, right? Now here's the danger of imagination. If you just go imagining things and say, well, that's what I think. People say, well, yeah, well, I think when you die, this happens. Or I think when you die, that happens. Or I think when you die, this is what's going to be. You know what? You better have some pretty good authority and basis for what you're imagining or you're going to be in trouble. Because if what you're imagining is not true, you're in trouble. Now, why is it so important to read the scriptures? You say, well, you believe the Bible. You say we should read the Bible, but other people got their books. They got their ideas. They got their writings. So what makes you think your deal's right? I'm banking my life on this being right. I am counting on this being true so much that I will risk my eternity on this. Because when I talk to people, other religions, other thoughts, other philosophies, they got ideas, but I'll tell you what distinguishes us from that. You cannot simulate the person of the Holy Spirit. There is no counterfeit for the Holy Spirit. If you have ever heard his voice, if you have ever been with him in your presence and you come in here and you listen and you go, well, I don't know if I believe all this, but you're still drawn to the craziest story you've ever heard. Some guy born of a virgin, lives a sinless life, dies on a cross, buried, raised from the dead because his blood was shed. You get forgiveness of sin, eternal life. It's crazy. And yet I say those words and the Holy Spirit goes, that's it. And you go, that's it? That'll be nuts. I'll lose all my friends. I'll end up in Africa. Everybody thinks you're going to end up in Africa. I can't risk all that. Then keep doing what you're doing. You're only listening because what you're doing is not working. And people say, well, you sit around imagining heaven. Even if you read, and I'll read you some of the descriptions, you think about heaven all the time. I want to go to a place where I'm just singing to God. Why don't you try singing to him here a little bit and see if it isn't so bad? You don't know it'd be a bad thing. You say, well, I'm not going to worship God. I'm going to do what? What are you going to do? You're going to worship you. And then you stand before a holy God one day who clearly laid it out, and you'll have heard it today again. And you go, well, but I didn't want to yield. I didn't want to lose control. You are so freaking out of control already, you don't know what's hit you. Let me read the words to that song. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? He said, well, I'm not going to dance. You don't know what you'll do. 
my first impulse is I'll just drop. I'll hit the deck. How can I stand without Jesus? I can't stand before a holy God. I don't even deserve to be there. You think, well, I'd crawl in there, but the Bible talks about coming in with boldness. Jesus has made it possible for me to talk to God in person. I don't need anybody between me and God. What my eyes will see, will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? Right now, I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. And see, believe it or not, you have categories for this. When I first met my wife, you know those nights you got on a date and it's not, you know, it's not about anything sexual. It doesn't have to be that at all. You just go, wow, I think I'm in love. And you don't want to go home. And you just want to talk. You just want to be with that person, right? And then you get in your car to go home and you call them in the car. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? I'm still standing right here, you know. <laughs> I'm just checking, you know. And then you talk all the way home and go, okay, well, I'm home. I'll see you later. And you go in the house and you go, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and then you talk on the phone for two more hours. You say, oh, that's amazing. That's bliss. Let me tell you something. There's a day coming where you won't want to get out of his presence. There's nothing here. Now, here's where there is something here. We're still left here. And you say, well, but I'm set. I got money here. I'm set. You know what? Your here is going to run out here. You're going to run out. You can only get so much stuff, needles shoved in your face where you just look blown up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lipo this. And what am I thinking? That stuff they shoot in your... Look at all, everybody knows what that is, don't they? <laughs> Botox. Because I'm going to be young forever. You're not. You're going to die. You're going to be an old woman one day. And you might be laying in a hospital bed. And you better get you some Jesus so you'll have some hope so when you're laying there, you're not worried about it. Because you can say, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. And my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You say, but I want to have fun here. I got stuff to do here. Just make sure whatever you're doing here glorifies him because you're going to have to answer for it one day. And if you get wrong what you're doing here and you don't maximize what you're doing here, then you got this little bitty vapor of a life that is just gone. And then when you get there, you go, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? I let the only life I ever was going to have and have had, and I could have done so much. And I did so little. I got distracted. Deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, everything the book talks about. Let me read you another song by John Lennon. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. He said, well, don't be ruining the song for me. It's a great song. It's crap. <laughs> right? It's crap. I got stronger words, but I get fired. That's what I can push it at. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do, nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Let me tell you something. Without Jesus, there is no peace. You say, well, I'm talking about world peace. There's never going to be world peace unless there's peace in individual hearts. You may say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. 
I think this is in the Antichrist worship service. This is where we're going to sing this. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You may say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. It sounds like an interesting song, but it's just not true. It's not going to happen. There is a heaven. There is a hell. You have to speak of these things. You say, Richard, but nobody believes that anymore. I do. And even if you say you don't, you will. 300 years ago, nobody believed in radio waves. You can't see them. You can't prove it. Now all you need is a cheap little receiver. You turn your little receiver on and what? Boom, you got radio waves. Like, well, I didn't think that was real. Just because you think it doesn't exist doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is Paul writing to this church in Corinth. And I'm going to read you a few verses here. And we'll jump to another passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why do you think all I ever talk about is Jesus dying on the cross, being buried, raised from the dead? Because it's in the book. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. In my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now look at these verses. But as it is written, now listen to this. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Even if you can only imagine, you have no way to get your head around what God has got for us. And the Bible describes some of this. What is having a new body going to be like? We don't know. And even if you try to imagine, the book says, no eye has seen. Nobody's ever heard of anything like this. It's not even entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is rightly judged by no one for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ if you're not a Christian I don't expect you to get this but what I do encourage you to do is get at least Jesus because if you get Jesus you get the whole package you get his mind you get the spirit of God living in you it's not God being around you anymore it's him in you and now things that didn't make any sense start to make sense go to Hebrews chapter 11 some people know this by heart some people have never heard it Hebrews 11 1 says this now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you say, well, you're just making stuff up. You're imagining things. This isn't real. My faith in what the book says makes it real. Where is heaven? I don't know where heaven is, but I'll tell you what it is. And you say, well, where's hell? I don't know, but I don't want any part of that. And the reason I keep preaching to do this is I don't want you to have any part of that. 
You say, well, I don't believe in either one of them. And I keep saying, you will. You'll believe in both. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If somebody that you trust tells you, I'm going to give you such and such on such and such a day. If I told one of my girls, when you graduate from high school, I will give you a car. You know what they would start doing? They would start preparing to receive a car because I said so. You say, well, what if things fall apart? Things don't fall apart in heaven. God doesn't forget. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't back off. He doesn't go, oh, well, you screwed up. I'm out. I renege. I'm not doing that anymore. When he makes a promise, he keeps his word. He keeps his promises. He says there's heaven, there's heaven. He describes it through these men, it's real. So you say, well, then it's tangible to you. By faith, it is almost palpable. It's just right there. Now, the interesting thing about these things is until you get sick or someone that you love dies on you, you're not thinking about this very much. All I gotta do is go through and pick somebody who's got cancer. And all of a sudden the doctor says, you got six months. Heaven's looking pretty interesting all of a sudden. Now you're liking the sermon. Tell me about where I'm headed or why I'm not headed there and what I got to do to change this. You say, well, why would God let terrible things to happen to people? Because it might be the only way to get their attention before they cross the line. You know, you get sick and almost die. Well, it'd be better to get sick and get saved and die of that than to die forever, right? You say, well, then are you trying to get us to live or be prepared if we die? If you get ready to die, you'll start living. Because then all of a sudden you realize it's not just about here and now, it's about eternity. It's about God. It's way bigger than me. So I better resolve a relationship with God and get in the game. Then you go, okay, well, if these things are all true, then I better live my life the way God says to live it, or I'm going to have to answer for that because I don't own me. I'm bought with a price. It's not my life anymore. It's Christ that lives in me. And so everything changes. Go down in this Hebrews 11. Verse eight, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And look at verse 10, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He said, what's he talking about? It's not here. Go down to verse 13. All these people listed from verse one to this point, he says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off were assured of them, embracing them and confessing that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. The problem is we are settled here. You say, well, is that a bad thing? I live here. It's okay to live here, but don't get settled here. Don't act like this is where you're going to be forever. You are literally, it's a migration. The second you become a Christian, you are part of a migration. You are here, you're on this planet, but you are going home. This is not home. And if it is home for you, you're in trouble because you're going to die in your home. And then you think, well, that's it. And I hear people tell me that, well, I just think when you die, you die. You just go back to dirt and you're dead. Well, if that is right, you're going to be okay. There's a big chance you're wrong. And are you willing to bank your entire eternal existence on that philosophy? That's just what I think. What are you basing that on? You know, prove to me that when you die, you die and there's nothing else. You say, well, you prove to me that there's a resurrection. As soon as we die, I'll show you. Verse 15, and truly, if they had called to mind that country from whence they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. If they got to thinking about going back, go back. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he has prepared a city for them. You say, well, God's building me a house. God's building me a city. 
There's a city. Think of the coolest place you've ever been in your life on the planet. It's got nothing. You say, well, Washington, D.C. is pretty cool. It's all planned out in the streets and all that. And that's pretty cool. You know, someone had an imagination and came up with all that. And it's designed a certain way. That's cool. Great. That's cool. What else you got? New York. That's a mess. <laughs> but it's cool. Okay, great. Well, let New York be your city. Tokyo. Where do you want to go? Shanghai. Jerusalem. Cool city. It is just a mirror. It's a shadow of the real deal, though. You say, well, I'd like to visit that city you're talking about. Get you some Jesus. He's the ticket. And see, when you see that city, you cross over the line, you see Jesus, you're confronted with his glory. You got a new body, a new heaven, a new earth. And all of a sudden you go, yes, I got it right. It was worth it. Now your faith becomes sight and it is real. You can touch it. You can see the nail prints in his hand. You can see the pierce, the hole in his side. It's all, it's there. There's no more guesswork. You say, but it's so hard to believe. When you can't see it, you can't prove it. But yet I still believe. Revelation 21, and we're done. Revelation 21, verse one. And John here is writing all this, is being shown to him. He says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I can't even imagine that. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Bam, boom, gone. Also, there was no more sea. Okay, what does that mean? I well, imagine, okay, there's a new heaven, new earth, and there's no sea. I don't know what that is, but he saw it. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Look at these words. You've got to read it, memorize it, underline it, and go back to it, or you won't make it. Look what it says he'll do. And God, God himself, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. That's worth going for right there. I'm tired of death. I'm tired of sorrow. I'm tired of tears. I'm tired of this crap down here. I don't want to die just to get out. But there's parts of me that thinking, okay, Lord, enough already. Let's go. And then you wake up another day and you're in the same stupid body and you're in the same brain and the same temptations and the same pulls and the thing you want to do, you don't do. The thing you don't want to do, you do. And you literally like Paul said, who will deliver me from the body of this death? And you wake up and you go, oh my gosh, I'm still here. Okay, God, I'm here. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So for me to live, if I'm alive today, it's you, Jesus. You say, well, nobody can live that way every day. And why not? And why not? Well, I got to screw up my life somewhere along the way, don't I? I do something stupid today. Really? You got to get some sin quota all of a sudden? You say, okay, Lord, one more day. I'll give you one more day. I can't even think about it. I've told you all this before. Rebecca, the only way she tells people she decided to marry me, she said, I could not imagine being married to him the rest of my life. So I said, okay, I can do this one day at a time. <laughs> so she agreed to marry me and be my wife one day at a time. And so far she's made it. And you're laughing because you understand exactly what she's saying. So I go, okay, Lord, I got one more day, right? Yeah, maybe half a day. I don't know. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to trust you. But you know I'm going to get hit again. And I'm either going to go down or I'm going to keep moving. But use me today, Lord, because if it's the last day I got, then by tonight I'll be with you. And I'd sure like to not come in empty-handed or, you know, caught doing something stupid. I'd like to come in where you're proud of me because we didn't waste our last day. You say, well, I'm not dying anytime soon. Really? Very interesting. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth and it's measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, height are equal. It's like a thousand miles by a thousand miles by a thousand miles. Someone has calculated there's a million miles of streets in this cube. You go, dude, you've been watching too many movies. This isn't gonna happen. Why do you think I get up here and can't even read this stuff? I believe this. And so I, right now I can only imagine, what is that? I know it. I've got enough stuff that I can see and touch on the planet that I can't explain without saying this couldn't happen. Then he measured its wall, 140 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its walls was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoface, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Where in the world are these clams? (laughs) Think about the proportion of this deal. Where do you get 12 pearls? The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. And look at this last phrase and pay attention. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. If your name is not in the book, all you can do is imagine because you'll never make it. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests. 
a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. Enough imagining. Own it. Believe it. Receive it. Make it real to you now. You say, I just can't do it. Yes, you can. You say, I don't have the faith. You don't have the faith unless he gives you the faith and he gives you the faith to believe. You don't even have to come up with the faith. So if you're sitting there, wherever you are listening to this and going, I think I could believe this, then believe it now, right now. Don't say, I'll wait. What are you going to wait for? So that you'll get to a place where you don't believe it? You say, yeah, but you're trying to manipulate me into this. It's impossible. It's crazy stuff. I'm telling you about Jesus dying on the cross, be buried, raised from dead, a big cube city coming out of heaven, no more tears, no more sorrow. You're going to believe all that? You're nuts. Unless it's real and you've been given the faith to accept it. And beyond all that, look at all the people who say they believe it, who aren't a bunch of hypocrites necessarily, but actually are trying to live it. And you go, I want that kind of life. I've done my thing. I've screwed everything up. I've wasted everything I've got. Doing it the world's way, it doesn't work. I'll try Jesus. Get your name in the book. This has been Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. There's only one reason we do this program, to take the planet with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our message and our mission. And you have a vital part of doing that along with us. If you've been encouraged by these talks with Richard, be sure to share with someone about the change they've made in your life. And we'd love to hear your story as to how the talks have made a difference to you. Give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. 855-6-RICHARD. You can also reach us through our website, richardellistalks.com. And while you're there, check out all the fun and informative pages we put together for you, richardellistalks.com. While you're there, be sure to click on the Contribute tab at the top to send your generous gift. If the program is making a difference to you, your gift will make a big difference to us. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.